0: Fell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. he hit immediately he really got the handoff, you know it? it's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen,
1: thank you.
2: From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet1. And I am joined to talk a little numbers by the man who specializes in that. He calls what he does in the written word Nanny's numbers. And we call this the Chronicles of Nania because this is where he comes to talk about those numbers. Mr. Michael Nania of JetsxFactor.com. Michael, thanks for coming on, man. Happy to talk. Some Sam Darnold. You actually wrote about a hundred reasons, a hundred, that Jets fans should have faith in Sam Darnold. So it's going to be a fun episode to talk about.
3: Yeah, that was a lot of fun to do. And I'm excited to kind of change the subject a little bit off of Jamal Adams. It's funny, you look at the homepage of JetX right now, and you type in Adams on your search bar. There's like 15 different articles about mm-hmm. him right now. So uh, to talk about Sam Darnold, change the subject a little bit. Uh, definitely good change of pace.
2: And we did talk about Jamal Adams last time.
3: It was because we did that show. That's why he requested a trade.
2: He requested a trade, and also other teams will now have to take notice of the great pass rushing stats that you put together to boost his trade value. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, which no doubt Eric DaCosta the Baltimore Ravens GM, and several others have already listened to, and it's gotten them to the point where now they really want to trade for Adams. Go ahead and check that out in the archives. But, Michael, we're going to talk about Sam Darnold today. 100 reasons. Let's start with the fact that he's a guy that really seems to understand you need to take advantage of favorable conditions, and he's done a really good job of that.
3: Yeah, the most promising thing, really, about Darnold, so far throughout his first two years is that when the Jets have helped him out, given him adequate pass protection, uh, the receivers have played really well. Play calling has been good when that's happened. And it hasn't happened a lot. We all know that watching these games, he's taken advantage and played really well. And obviously every quarterback plays well with better uh, circumstances around him, but Darnold's just been very consistent, taking advantage, never holding them back uh, when the support around him has been good. So, uh, in eight games in which the Jets have allowed a pressure percentage under 34% on Darnold, and that's about the league average, the Jets went 7-1 and one and scored 29 points a game offensively. Darnold passed for 255 yards a game, 8.9 per attempt, which is fantastic. 16 touchdowns, 6 picks, and a 108.3 pass rating. So he's played phenomenal in those games uh, where they've helped him out. So going forward, that's one of the most promising things that we've seen from him so far that uh, if you can give him, you know, 16 games is a lot to expect, but if you can, you know, 12, 13, 14 games a year, given that level of support and he continues playing the way he has in those games, then he can perform really well. So the fact that he's only had eight of those games in two years, so four per season in which the jets have given him average or better protection uh, just goes to show how little help he's gotten. But uh, if you project that over a whole season, and you could, help him out at that level for, you know, like I said, at least three quarters of the season, somewhere around there, uh, then you can win a lot of games. So he's shown you that when the Jets have helped him out, he's been able to play really well.
2: And now you take a look at some of the things that he's done poorly that you have to assume that he'll improve upon As a reason to have faith in him And I think he will improve upon this particular aspect He has absorbed way too much contact And I think part of that is because he's held the ball too long Part of that is the offensive line You've got the offensive line improved at least on paper And now hopefully he'll have the first full season of his career Under his belt in the NFL So you figure between the two He'll have the presence of mind to be able to avoid Some of this heavy contact that he's been taking
3: yeah, so he took a lot of contact in 2019 on 16.1% of his dropbacks. This is the highest rate in the league. He was either sacked, hit while throwing, threw the ball away, or had his pass batted at the line. So more, disrupt- or more frequently had his, his dropback disrupted than any other qualified quarterback in the league. And as you said, some of that can be the quarterback's fault. There are a lot of younger quarterbacks at the top of the list, mobile quarterbacks, that are more likely to take hits. But in Darnold's case, it seems for the most part on the offensive line that uh, a unit that in a lot of individual statistics was just as bad as all the numbers on Darnold's side. So like you said, under pressure is an area where he can improve because the fact is, even though the Jets have not helped him out a lot in that department, he has struggled under pressure. But the positive side of that is that in that latter half of 2019, he did improve quite a bit. In that area, if you look at his 2018 season, it was pretty much night and day. If the Jets helped him out and protected him, played well, just supported him well overall, he played well. But when they didn't, he he really struggled in those games. So it was pretty much directly correlated with the protection and the overall support in his rookie season. And in 2019, when he had that very good finish to the season, he was having a lot of good games in in on games in which the Jets were not protecting him. Very well. You look at the Giants game, the Redskins game, the Ravens game, Bengals. He was playing well in games where the Jets were not protecting him. He was taking a lot of pressure. So that was a really good development, uh, kind of continuing the way he finished 2018. Because in that Texans game, uh, which I think is the best game of his career, he took a lot of pressure in that game. And the Jets overall, with just turnovers, bad defense, penalties, were not supporting him in, at all in that game. But he played really well. And it was the first time he did that in his rookie season. And in 2019, he continued that the help was even worse. They gave up a much higher pressure rate Uh, as bad as the line was in 2018. They found a way to give up even more pressure. So uh, he had a lot less help this season than he did in 2018, which again is just insane to think about considering how little he had as a rookie. But uh, what he did really well is down the stretch of the season when he was performing, uh, having that hot stretch after that cold start to the season, he was doing it mostly in spite of the pressure around him. So we did see a lot of improvement from Darnold in being able to thrive under pressure uh, and be a quarterback who can carry the team and lift them up in spite of bad performance by the offensive line. So from weeks 10 to 17 of 2019, Darnold had the 10th best passer rating in the league over that span at 93.3. And he took the highest pressure rate in the league over that stretch at 41.9%. So the fact that he is playing better and the O-line was still playing really bad is really promising because as much as, the Jet, as much as the Jets do need to help him, there still are going to be games here and there, even if you have the best O-line in the league, where the protection just isn't there, the play calls aren't working out, and you need your quarterback to just lift you up, carry the whole team on his back uh, to a successful day of offense. And that's what franchise quarterbacks do. So uh, while Darnold has shown that he can ride with the team when everything's going well, He has to do a better job of carrying them when things aren't going well. And in the second half of 2019, he showed a lot of promise in that area.
2: Michael, we know that he's had to deal with pressure a lot. And a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. We're hoping that some of that gets fixed this year, as we said, as Makai Becton matures. And then as the rest of the offensive line begins to gel, which we hope to see with training camp on the horizon. But... When he's had a clean pocket, Darnold has been really, really good. So if they can give him more of that this year, we should expect better results.
3: Yeah, his clean pocket numbers have been very good. Uh, I already mentioned overall in the games where they've protected him well, how good his numbers are. But uh, throughout the course of 2019, from a clean pocket, Darnold had an adjusted completion percentage, uh, which filters out things like drops, throwaways, spikes. Uh, to get a more accurate look at – a more precise look at a quarterback's accuracy. So his adjusted completion percentage from a clean pocket was 81.7%, and that was six best out of 32 qualified quarterbacks. So uh, when the Jets did keep him clean, he's done a mostly good job uh, throughout both of the first two seasons of his career. It just happened way too rarely. As I mentioned, he's played 26 games in his career. Only eight of them did the Jets give up a, below, a above league average or better than league average pressure rate on Darnold, so it, it just hasn't been frequent enough that they've helped him out. But when they have, his uh, his accuracy from a clean pocket has been among the best in the league.
2: One knock on Darnold has been his inability to be accurate throwing deep downfield. And he certainly played into that notion the first half Of the season when he got in there to play Because remember he did miss a couple of games With Mono but he closed Out really strong his passer Rating on passes 20 plus Yards downfield was much higher The second half of the season you have To wonder if the Mono played a part Of that as he got stronger His deep ball passing got better
3: Yeah definitely deep passing Is one of the big things that he needs To improve going forward I feel like his short Accuracy is really good Uh, whether it's a screen pass or a pass into the flat. He knows how to lead receivers, maximize yards after catch. He shows really good touch in the intermediate range. Down the field, uh, deep over 20 yards is where he really needs to be more consistent. And just like we already talked about how he improved under pressure in the second half of 2019, he also did in the deep range. So as you mentioned, from weeks one to nine, so obviously he missed three games, but uh, throughout his first Uh, Five games of 2019, Darnold ranked last out of 33 qualifiers with a 37.7 passer rating on throws over 20 yards downfield. And then from weeks 10 through 17, which was that hot stretch to finish the season, he was 10th out of 36 qualifiers with a 104.9 passer rating on deep throws. So another area of weakness where he was much improved down the stretch. And that's another really promising part of that hot streak to finish the season. It wasn't like the Jets were, well, the Jets did play a lot of weak defenses over that span, to be fair, but uh, it wasn't like they were protecting him amazingly or uh, the receivers were playing outstanding football or they had an outstanding run game. The O-line was still playing really bad and he was improving on weaknesses that, uh, key weaknesses that he needs to uh, improve upon uh, to become a franchise quarterback. His deep passing got better. His passing under pressure got better. So the fact that his hot stretch Uh, The main reason for it was that he was improving areas of his game that he needs to get a lot better at. It is really promising. So to see the deep passing along with uh, the under pressure passing improve down the stretch was a very good thing for the Jets to see.
2: One aspect of Darnold's game that he's actually really good at, but doesn't get talked about enough. Maybe it's because he doesn't do it a ton is his play action proficiency. He's actually very, very efficient when he does this well above league average here, Michael, and plenty of room to improve in that area too.
3: Yeah. In 2019, he actually averaged 8.6 yards per attempt on play action, which was 13th out of 34 qualifiers. So as you said, room to improve, he can get better there. And uh, the Jets can help him get better there with you know calling play action more frequently and just uh, timing it better. But still, 13th out of 34, uh, which is close to the top third so an above average number. On uh, his difference, he actually averaged 2.2 more yards per attempt on play action passes versus all other passes, which was the 12th highest difference in the league. So he performed well in them, was near the top of the league in terms of uh performing better on play action versus other passes so it's something you could definitely see more of or would like to see more of going forward but a a big part of play action working is running the football well and that's something the Jets absolutely could not do last year just with how poorly they blocked up front on the offensive line at tight end at wide receiver so if you can't run the ball it's going to be hard to pass on play action but as bad as the Jets did run the ball Darnold did still rank in the top half of the league in play action efficiency so uh, if they can run the ball a little bit better it, it'll be really inter- interesting to see how high darnold can get on that play action leaderboard considering he already was in the top half despite not having a run game that demanded much attention or a respect from opposing defenses so if the jets can at least get to a competent you know just below average level instead of playing terrible in the run game that could really help the play action uh, the play action game in the passing part of the offense and really helped Darnold maybe take the step to being one of the top play action passers in the league.
2: Speaking of competency and being capable, one thing that Darnold has shown us already is that while he hasn't hit his ceiling and he hasn't become a pro bowl level quarterback yet, he at least seems to be a stable presence. And when you look at his production from weeks nine to 15 last year, put together a pretty impressive stretch that on paper doesn't look that great. But if you actually dig a little deeper, you'll see that it's a lot less common than you think.
3: Right. So from weeks nine through 15 and, uh, to be clear, this is very specific criteria just to match up with what Darnold did. Uh, but as you said, I'm going to go into why this is a little bit more unique than it seems. But from weeks 9 through 15, Darnold had a seven-game streak, in which he threw for at least 218 yards and had either one or zero interceptions. So that doesn't seem like anything amazing, and it's not at all. But all we're really trying to point out here is that he has – that Darnold has shown a floor of competency, the fact that the Jets have been as awful as they have up front, uh, just with their overall talent offensively, and that he's been able to just consistently be at least okay, at least competent at this young of an age. is really impressive. So that streak of seven straight games with at least 218 passing yards and no more than one interception, that tied Vinny Testaverde's streak from actually the exact same point of the season in 1998, weeks 9 through 15, for the longest in Jets history, and again, doesn't seem impressive, but 13 franchises have never had a quarterback have a streak of at least seven, uh, that type of streak of at least seven games. So that's almost half the league that hasn't had a quarterback do that, and Darnold's already done it. So again, it's not like over the course of the season we're going to, uh, you know, be patting Darnold on the back for throwing for 218 yards. But uh, again, it's just that was the stretch where the Jets were not protecting him very well at all as I said earlier about uh, he did take the highest pressure rate in the league in 2019 so the fact that he's able to just be stable over that stretch especially after how the season started with uh, missing three games with mono the tough season opener and then uh, he had that game against New England in week seven which was obviously a debacle then followed that up with three interceptions against the Jaguars so to come off of that and have seven straight competent at least competent games he had some very good ones in that stretch as well. But uh, he did show a very a good floor there, I think. And that's something that I think he's done well throughout these first two seasons is he's shown a pretty high floor. The Jets have, again, I've said it countless times already, but they've helped him at such a poor level, uh, offensive line, just the entire situation. But he's still been not that bad. His production is about the same as Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, who have had who have had substantially more wide receiver and offensive line talent around them. Uh, And Josh Rosen had a similarly bad situation in Arizona and Miami this year, and he just completely fizzled out and didn't even look NFL caliber. And Darnold's younger than all three of those guys. So the fact that he's been able to do, for the most part, uh, you know, his numbers are below average overall, but for the most part, the fact that he's been able to just stay in one piece and keep the Jets moving at a competent level. He led them to a 7-5 and record in 2019. The fact that he's been able to just be stable, considering everything going on around him, I think is really impressive, and it gives him a good floor. The fact that if he's going to do this decently, even if everything around him isn't going well, uh, then it really gives you some excitement and intrigue about what he could do uh, if everything around him is going well, and especially as he improves, as he's only 23 years old, as he goes into this season So uh, I'm, I'm really impressed by how he's been able to Kind of keep himself you know, Stay even keeled And be a competent presence for the Jets Competent presence for the Jets uh, Even as they failed to help him out
2: Michael, one area where he could certainly improve But he's already shown some real nice flashes Is in the ability to manipulate members of the secondary With his eyes And you've got a really good example of this Up at JetsXFactor.com
3: yeah, and it was in his first game, too, that play against the Lions uh, where it was his first career touchdown pass uh, to to Robbie Anderson deep down the left sideline. Uh, it was a really pretty throw, but what he did before that was even better, just looking off the safety to open that up and give Robbie Anderson the room to get open for that touchdown. So the fact that he was doing that in his first game was impressive, and it's still something we can see more of because... Uh, If he did build on his very first game the way you would expect to, then he would probably be a star by now. So it is something that he can do, be more consistent with just being able to read the field effectively, uh, manipulate defenders and kind of play that cat and mouse game that veteran quarterbacks really master as they become stars in the league. So it's something he can get better at, but, you know, hopefully again, it all goes back to protection with more time. He's more confidence to do things like that, but, Uh, He definitely has shown from the very start, uh, from the very beginning of his career as the youngest week one starter uh, in NFL history, uh, the ability to do things like that, just make those veterans savvy caliber quarterback plays.
1: At LuckyLandSlots.com,
4: available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Perhaps Sam Donald's greatest strength, Michael, is his ability to get out and make plays on the run, and that doesn't just mean throws on the run. It means just buying himself time to be able to make a play. We saw him do this against the Buffalo Bills, and we've seen him make tons of great throws on the run. There were a couple that stick out to me, his rookie year with Christopher Herndon, for example. So you have to figure that that's only going to get better and better as time goes on. He's already one of the best in the league at that.
3: Right. I think that's definitely Darnold's most, uh, definitely his most notable trait, at least when you're looking at uh, his best plays, his ability to scramble outside the pocket, make things happen in situations where other quarterbacks might scramble or throw the ball away, uh, keeping his eyes downfield. Looking to make big plays And not to compare him to this guy Or that anyone should be But that's something Patrick Mahomes does really well Keep his eyes downfield You see the pretty throws And just the angles that he throws the ball at And all that stuff is really special But what really allows Mahomes to do that Is the fact that he's always keeping his eyes downfield And that allows him to scan the field at just continuously be scanning the field And always know where his best options are So that's something Darnold also does Pretty well, he keeps his eyes downfield and is always emphasizing throwing the ball over running it. So that's going to allow him to make a lot of big plays over the course of his career, especially when Chris Herndon comes back because that was Herndon was Darnold's best partner on those scrambling plays. In 2018, he had the most improvised catches uh, of any player on the Jets that year in games Darnold played. So. When Herndon comes back, that'll be a huge boost. But uh, with Denzel Mims and Brashad Perriman, two guys who are very good at contested catches, uh, those two guys can be really good partners for Darnold in those situations as well. So I'm excited to see what those two guys can do with Darnold on those scramble drill plays. But uh, his ability to make those plays and is definitely one of his most exciting, highest upside traits. And I think Herndon coming back, the additions of Mims and Perriman should complement that really well.
2: Michael, last but not least is the fact that we have to trust the great Tony Romo because he's the one that's told us over and over again that Darnold is headed for stardom and that Darnold reminds Romo of a young Romo. So if Tony Romo believes that, who are we to second-guess him, right?
3: Yeah, it was back in—and it's funny because Darnold gets compared to him so much just in terms of play style, but back in 2018, Romo said uh, in this interview at, uh, at Bleacher Report uh, he said, give it, uh, give it three years. He, or within the next three years, he could see Darnold being uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he put that three-year mark out there. So we're approaching year three right now. Uh, so we'll see. And, and he did bring up in the interview as well that Darnold was much younger to start out than Romo was. Romo was 26 when he started his first game for the Cowboys in his third season. Uh, and here's Darnold going to year three at 23 years old, three years younger than Romo already having two seasons of starting experience. So uh, we're going into that year three. So Romo did give him a three-year buffer. So we'll see if this is the year he breaks out, if Romo – and we know Romo is great at predicting things real-time on broadcast. So can he predict a quarterback's career timeline three years in advance is the question we're about to see answered.
2: And hopefully – That question gets answered in an affirmative way because we all really want to see Sam Darnold live up to his potential. And more than that, I think we can agree, Michael, we cannot afford as a nation to have anybody believe that Tony Romo would lie to us. So Tony Romo has to be vindicated. And that, above anything else, is why we need to see Sam Darnold become an exceptional quarterback here in year number three. By the way, of course, we are not going to do all 100 of these. Those are some of the highlights. If you want the full article, which has 100 actual reasons listed out as to why we should believe in Sam Darnold heading into year number three, you can get it at JetsXFactor.com, which is where Michael does his great work. Michael Nanny, of course, of JetsXFactor.com. The Stats Geek, to end all Stats Geeks, when it comes to Jets stats. Thanks so much for coming on for the Chronicles, as always, Michael. Really appreciate it. What do you got cooking at JetsXFactor.com, above and beyond the 100 reasons to believe in Sam Darnold heading into 2020?
3: Well, a couple pieces I really like that I did recently are looking at the best individual seasons by both offensive and defensive uh, by Jets players since 2005, so the past 15 years, uh, and kind of building a Jets super defense and a super offense based on the best individual campaigns of the past decade and a half. So that was a lot of fun. And when you put it all together and look at some of the peaks that the Jets have had from individuals, just in recent history, uh, they've had a lot of great players. Uh, It just hasn't all come together at the right time. Well, they kind of did in 2009, 2010, but there were some key positions, namely quarterback, where they didn't get it figured out at that time. But uh, they've had so much talent. Uh, in recent years, and hopefully Joe Douglas now can bring it all together at the same time. But those two pieces, uh, looking at the best individual seasons for the Jets on offense and defense over the past 15 years, those were a lot of fun to do. And coming up, I recently I did do look at some Jamal Adams trade targets, potential players the Jets could get in a trade. For him, that would make sense, uh, that are realistic, that the Jets could also get in a trade. Uh, So those are some of my favorites recently, and uh, a lot of good stuff coming up. Pretty soon, we'll probably be doing some more stats predictions. I've already done Le'Veon Bell, Makai Becton, what their numbers could look like this year, Embershad Perriman, Jameson Crowder potentially coming up soon, looking at what his numbers could be this year. So uh, a lot of great stuff coming out constantly at JetX. I'm having a lot of fun doing it and surprising myself constantly with what I'm coming up with. And As as we just went over, hundred, I, I still can't even believe that I did that. A hundred reasons. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked.
2: You get all 100 reasons and everything else that Michael's been putting out. Plus, you get Joe Blewett's in-depth film reviews, all the video. You get Robbie Sabo's news and analysis. And now you can get my history pieces, which are up. I started doing a series on 2008, the Brett Favre year. It's an incredible story. So we're telling it piece by piece in long form with the help of Kerry Rhodes, former All-Pro Safety. And then at the end, there's going to be an audio documentary. If you want to check out these articles and then get your hands on the audio documentary, there's only one way to do it right now, and that, of course, is at jetsxfactor.com and become a subscriber. So go ahead and check that out if you're a Jets fan. You definitely want to do that. And Michael, even though I don't have a hundred reasons to believe in Sam Darnold, I do have a hundred reasons that the Jets probably would have won the Super Bowl if Brett Favre hadn't gotten hurt. So stay tuned for the rest of that story as I continue to unveil it at JetsXFactor.com. If you haven't had a chance to give us a five-star review on the podcast yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show. If you like what we're doing, it doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money. But it really goes a long way to help us out. So if you could do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.
4: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with
1: Victoria Cash.
2: Life's gotten mundane,
1: so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.